Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how are you this week? I'm doing well. I'm getting ready for Send. Me too. Packing tonight. Okay. You'll be heading this way this weekend. Send is next week. Then we have the ERLC National Conference. And then you're, I think, headed back to Raleigh. And yes. I'm headed all over yeah. the place. I've got next week is probably one of the craziest weeks um, just because we've got so much going on here. I've got a couple other work things at the end of the week. And then I'm taking my boys for a quick uh, getaway to Gatlinburg for the weekend. Nice. Uh, after that. Nice. So, I mean, it's just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be a busy guy next week. So it should be. Well, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. We'll have our daughter with us. So we'll be kind of stepping in and out so we can spend some time with her. We actually were already scheduled to drive that way because our son is going to California for wow. his 10-year birthday trip with wow. his grandparents. That so, sounds like fun. So we'll be at Send and he will be at Legoland. Oh, man. So. Wow. He'll, he'll be in heaven. He'll be having yep. a blast. Yep. So big week for the Whitfield family. And it's possible that, uh, that there may be fewer people at Legoland than there will be at Send. Which I it guess is a good thing. Be. It 13, could be. 13,000 sold out. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But uh, we're going to jump into the news this week. Some new research out of Life of Research came out uh, today. We're recording this on Wednesday this week. Uh, new research just came out today on religious freedom and the, the American perception of religion in America. Yeah, this is fascinating. Um, they asked the question, what, I guess, kind of nation... Uh, is it? And 69% of the people who were uh, surveyed say it's a nation of many religions. So we hear the phrase mm-hmm. a lot, America is a Christian nation. Yeah. Um, Actually, only, 19, yeah. Yeah. only 19% agree with that. Only 19% agree with that. So 69% say nation of many religions. Um, 9% say it's a secular nation, mm-hmm. which I'd, I, I'm interested to see. Who is saying that? Is yeah. it the secularists that are saying that? Is it you know people who are not happy about that? I'm not really sure. Yeah. They don't get to. And, and it, it might be one of those where it's just people who aren't really engaged with anyone in their personal life that that know somebody of a religious background. Yeah. So just people who are openly secular and who don't have any connection with anyone of any faith at all. Right. Right. But um, there was one more question that they had asked where it said that. Americans do acknowledge that uh, the Judeo-Christian heritage, I'm sure, has an effect on this, uh, that the nation does embrace Christians and Jews more than atheists or Muslims. So there's this kind of understanding that um, while many people see it's a nation of many religions, they also sense something in the fact that only a few are more welcome. Yes. You know, than yeah, Christians and Jews, both in the right at 90% and above. And then for Muslims, it drops down to less than uh, 60%. So uh, I, obviously the terrorism and different things like that has had an effect on that perception. I, I, there's no doubt about that. I mean, it's, it's like asking if America is a welcoming place for Japanese Americans or for, for Germans during World War II. I mean, of course, you're going to get a a lot different answer then than you would have before that. Right. And uh, so it it does have an effect. It's very interesting, though, because you you bringing that up, um, that was actually a big deal back during that time. And recently there have been some comments that were made by a religious leader uh, about that very position. Yes. And many people took issue with that. Yes, Many Christians took issue. Yeah. 
So. so it's it's an interesting discussion right now. Another part of this research was a question that they asked on which aspects of American religious freedom should be a right for Americans. And you go from freedom to worship, freedom to choose, freedom to practice, and a freedom to build a, a house of worship. So basically you're, you're, you're secluded going to worship. Everybody's for that, 90% and above on all those. Even freedom yeah. to tell others, prophesizing or you know evangelism, 90% and above. But if you start coming in wanting to run a business that you own in accordance yeah. with those beliefs, that drops down dramatically. 78%. Everything else is 90% and above, even evangelizing, yeah. basically, telling yeah. others about your religious beliefs. So if you want to go to church, that's fine, but don't right. try to run a business and have your beliefs. There seems to be a, a desire to separate worship and practice, right. which as a Christian, that, that's, that's hard to compartmentalize that. Yeah, it's very difficult. And I think... Um, Obviously, so many of the things in the news now, because so many um, issues, decisions that have been made, court decisions, decisions by the federal government, do conflict with the religious beliefs of Christians yeah. um, and and Jews in some uh, situations, and Muslims with yeah. Mormons as well. They they they've been fighting the religious freedom stuff a lot. Catholics, Jews, Christians. Yeah. So so many people do have things to take issue with and it gets it gets in in the middle of what they're doing of their business we have this very thriving society lots of goods and services that are provided and these questions start to come down yeah. and so it's interesting though that where people are starting to land is to say no that's not a religious freedom yeah that's not a right which um, brings us to the next point of news this week and that is a, a texas supreme court ruling on an equal rights ordinance in the city of Houston that got basically kicked out. This was a big deal last year, the equal rights ordinance that was passed uh, basically by Houston City Council. And the Supreme Court of Texas said, no, 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 you can't do that because you are really infringing on those rights that we just talked about in that research. So they said, no, 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 you can't do this on your own. You have to let the people vote on this. And I would think, based on the research we just talked about, this probably would not fly in Houston. I, I'm going to guess that it wouldn't. Um, obviously, it's not going to get up to the 90% and oh, things no, like no, that no, on no, no, other no, issues. No but that. I don't think, I mean, 78 is still a really strong majority. That's all of America. But I think Houston, it's not. It's probably not going to fly. Um, but it's really important to begin to see and understand some of the limits that the mayor has had uh, put on her by this court decision, the city council to say, you can't just come in here and do this. The people have to participate in this decision. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously this is great interest to us, been um, a huge interest to Southern Baptists and other people uh, who are like-minded. There was a, a pastor's coalition that really spoke out about this. And so this is an important decision um, to kind of back that up. Yeah. I know this is kind of apples and oranges, but I'm going to ask the question anyway, Amy. The Texas Supreme Court basically said the people need to decide. Send it back right. to the people. You can't do this in your own. Now, right. we've had people and, and statewide votes for and against same-sex marriage in states. And, you know, some of them voted against it. Some of them voted for it. We've, you know, we could go through the list of states. We're not going to do that. But right. then the Supreme Court of the United States steps in and says, oh, it doesn't matter what the people voted. It's in. Right. So 
Is there is there a, a, a conflict there? Or is is it just different statutes? I'm sure it's different statutes. I know it's apples we, and oranges, but yeah, there seems to be case, you know, both it, sides of the story there. Right. In this case, they're saying the Supreme Court is saying you the there is a power, a legislative power reserved to the people of Houston. You have to abide by your own charter. So the city council is out of bounds ah, okay. in doing this. Um, in these other situations where there was a referendum, the Supreme Court has basically said, no, the Constitution guarantees this, uh, which is it obviously opens a lot of different discussions. Yeah. That, Depends on you know, who you ask about that. Right. But they are saying, no, the Constitution says this is a fundamental right. So uh, it really doesn't matter what all of you think because you're in conflict with what the Constitution uh, guarantees. Okay. So, that, so that's the difference there. Right, right. Okay. And this one, they're saying you couldn't do this because what you did was outside the power, uh, outside your authority, outside the power of your own charter. So that's, that's it. Um, it could be on the substance of the question itself, if these types of votes happen, that one day the substance gets overturned, but that's not the question here. So We mentioned earlier that we have the SIN North America Conference coming up next week. 13,000 people. You can go back to last week's episode and listen to some of our, our uh, recommendations for the Nashville area. We, we talked about places to eat, places to get coffee, everything like that. I've got a couple more that we missed out on. Somebody really got onto me about that um, here in town uh, this week. Really? On Facebook. Well, no, I say really got onto me. He's like, dude, you left off and enlisted four or five. And I'm like, you were so right. <laughs> we okay. totally missed them. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. One yeah. of the things we're going to talk about, though, uh, at Send North America, I know that's going to get mentioned, is global hunger relief. And that, that is a initiative of the Southern Baptist Convention calling on us to help hunger both here in the United States and around the world. So we had Jill Wagner uh, recently talk to us. She kind of oversees the global hunger relief uh, PR and communications. And she sat down with us uh, recently to talk about global hunger relief. Today we're joined by Jill Wagner, the lead brand strategist with Global Hunger Relief here in the SBC. It's an initiative of the SBC, and uh, you are affiliated with a number of different organizations, correct? That's correct. Um, it's a cooperative partnership of a lot of different Southern Baptist agencies, uh, the North American Mission Board, the International Mission Board, ERLC, BGR. Um, there's about seven partners, but um, it's a way that we could work together to meet hunger needs around the world. All right now, we talk a lot about hunger needs around the world, but it's not just a problem overseas. We have global hunger needs basically also here in the U.S. Yes, one in seven people access food banks um, in the United States. 89% of homes with children are considered food insecure, which wow. means they don't know where their next meal will come from. So it's definitely a problem in the United States and North America and around the world. So 89% of those using food banks in the U.S., our food, in, is that? Food insecure. Yeah. Those are the people, and that's homes with children. So okay. it's a problem okay. that significantly impacts children. And, and you see that trickle down into the school system yeah. and the foods that they provide. Um, North American Mission Board supports programs to send um, food home over the weekends. Um, for because those the kids, kids that had need. freed lunch, they don't exactly. have anything to eat on Saturday and Sundays. Their backpack programs, exactly. Yeah. So um, very much a problem that um, affects those with children and those in the United States. And then beyond that, there are many people, one out of seven in the U.S., who access food banks regularly just to meet their, their yeah. needs. And now I know a lot of churches have food banks. Mm -hmm. Is that if there's 
interested in starting a food bank if they don't have one. Is that something you guys can help with? Sure. Um, and they can work with their state convention uh, to access the, the hunger funds available through Global Hunger okay. Relief. So there are funds available through state conventions to help churches get set up with yes. food banks. Yes. Um, that is the nature of what Global Hunger Relief does, is it allows people to give specifically to meet hunger needs. And most of that work is done through local churches in North America, and that's coordinated through both uh, NAM and their state conventions. Okay, and if they want to get involved with Global Hunger Relief overseas, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Um, Global Hunger Sunday is in October. That's um, our, our main push and what we encourage people to participate in, uh, to take this problem you know, to their churches, help them understand what a great need this is around the world, and to um, bring Global Hunger Sunday to their church. We have produced um, some great, high-quality, short videos that explains both the need and how Global Hunger Relief works that they can include in their services or they can share online. Um, And then in addition, we have things like bulletin inserts. We have um, ways that kids can get involved. And all of those resources are available on our website, globalhungerrelief.com. Okay, so say a church wants to do Global Hunger Relief Sunday in October, Mm -hmm. and they want to raise a special offering. What happens with that money? Where do they send it? How does it like take us from, from a church to a kid overseas or here in the States getting food? Great. Because we have so many partners, there's multiple ways you can give your money. You can give through the state convention or you can give directly to Global Hunger Relief. But for all of the dollars that go into Global Hunger Relief, we have a 100% dollar in, dollar out. All of that money goes directly to meeting hunger needs. There are no administrative costs. There are no... um, promotional costs because of the cooperative program all of those types of things are already covered so that's covered by the cooperative program dollars and that way everything all the money it's kind of like lottie moon and annie yeah every dollar of those offering goes straight to the field same thing here Exactly, exactly. We have an 80-20 split. 80% of that money goes internationally, and that's where the most dire hunger needs are, and 20% stays in the states. Um, Within the international, Baptist Global Response is really one of our key partners there because of the work that they do for actually distributing the um, the money onto the field. We have some recent videos and stories coming out of Nepal of how hunger funds have been used there. In in the wake of the earthquake there. Yes. Um, to reach uh, the villages that no one else was going to. So just really life-saving work is done um, by giving to Global Hunger Relief. All right, now, you are one of many people in the SBC that kind of wear multiple hats. Yes, that's you, true. You're kind of like me. I mean, I, I do a lot at Lifeway, but but you have a mm-hmm. lot of things going on with other entities. So you work mm-hmm. with with Global Hunger Relief, and you also, I know you have a role at the ERLC. Yes, and even my Global Hunger Relief work is supported by the ERLC. So it kind of overlaps there. They overlap, exactly, because the ERLC is a partner in Global Hunger Relief. But I've worked um, with the ERLC for 10 years. This is my 10th Southern Baptist wow. Convention. You don't look old enough I'm to really old. be you here just, you just for don't 10 know years. It. Um, so, yeah, I work in the press and communications area, currently serving as a deputy press secretary there, um, but have done some editing and writing and whatever duties are assigned yeah. there as well. So, like Amy... You're a woman leader in the SBC. Okay. Uh, we, you know, we've had a lot of women leaders here on. We've had Kelly King on the blog, on the podcast. We've had a couple others. Uh, where do you see women's roles in the SBC and in, in a leadership fashion? In a leadership fashion, um, first that comes to mind is Selma, obviously, and someone that uh, you look to as a great model of leadership. I think that. There's lots of women doing lots of important work in the SBC, sometimes maybe not in a way that's as visible as yeah. others. But um, I worked this morning at the Global Hunger Relief 
booth with Julie McGowan, who's an editor with IMB. I've encountered a lot of writers um, who have just that great background and training that have been involved in Southern Baptist work for decades, um, just with what I've done in press area as well. But it's a, it's a great place to be, and I've enjoyed being here for the last 10 years. Now, one of the questions we ask a lot of our podcast guests is, where do you see the SBC in 20 years? I would love to see it um, continue to be the great missionary sending agency that has always been. I would love to see the issue of hunger become one of our uh, capstone issues and what we are known for and um, something that's Known for eradicating. By known then, for eradicating, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not being hungry, but yeah. eradicating hunger. Something that we care deeply about that's integrated fully into a lot of the things that we do um, just across the agencies um, is addressing the physical needs as well as uh, sharing the gospel. But I'm excited about the, the things I've seen in the last 10 years and the direction that things seem to be going. And um, the ERLC has seen a lot of changes in that time. And you know, God has continued to bless and open doors and give opportunity uh, for us to speak into culture, for us to speak with people who are shaping culture. And um, I think the need for a biblical voice to address cultural issues is only going to grow. And, and when I think about the things that yeah. Dr. Moore is talking about today, they were hardly even thought about 10 years yeah. ago. And so I just see God's hand in all those things and think that he'll continue to be faithful and use us as he as he sees fit. Well, thanks for joining us today, Jill. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Jill and Jonathan. Uh, I'm looking forward next week to hearing more. I know we'll be seeing a video at SEND that tells more about that, talks about big event in the fall uh, for us to all join together. Yeah. So um, really important stuff. Yeah, and we, we did talk about Global Hunger Relief Sunday that's coming up in October. There's also a thunderclap campaign that you can get uh, involved with at globalhungerrelief.com. We've got all the links at the website for that. So yeah, uh, check it out. Yeah, explain that. What is Thunderclap? So that Thunderclap people- is a kind of an online PR type generation tool. So yeah, people can kind of get involved. Send- it's kind of start a movement type of online movement kind of thing. Yeah, let everybody send something out at once. So yeah, so cool. uh, you can find out all the information about Global Hungry Relief at sbcthisweek.com. We've got all the links and everything there. Follow them on Twitter at Global Hunger. Kind of switching gears back to the SIN North America Conference this weekend here in Nashville. I mentioned before the interview that we had uh, a few restaurants that got left off. So yes. I, I'm going to give you a chance to, to rectify any that you may have forgotten, and I'm going to fix a couple too. One was Gabby's Hamburgers. Oh, yeah. I know yeah, a lot of people Which love is that. a solid hamburger. I, I'm not a fan. Got to admit, I, I think the other places are better. Sorry, I'm probably going to get like something thrown at me here in Nashville. That's okay. I've been I to Gabby's. Do, I didn't okay. do a lot of Gabby's. Huh? I didn't do a lot of Gabby's. So. See, yeah, it was okay. It's not bad. I just think there's, if you're going to be in here for two or three days, there's other places to hit. Yes. Uh, Monell's, which is yes. a place that I love. I haven't been to in a while because I, I didn't really want to feel that bad about myself about how much I've eaten at Monell's. Uh, it's one of these places where they sit you down, family style food, and it's all you can eat um, with just people from all over. You just sit at a big table. And yeah. you know, farm table, and just kind of to go after it, and it's phenomenal. Their biscuits yes. and um, their peach jam, over the top, good stuff. Loveless Cafe, is another oh place my we goodness, left off. yeah, we messed up. That one's on you, right there, because I know you're a big fan of the Loveless. I am. I'm probably not going to go on this trip because I'm coming back for a wedding in a month, and I'm. Okay. It's they're having a reception there. So. Oh well, there you go. That'll be pretty yep, awesome. There you go. Yes. So, 
Uh, Loveless Cafe, really, really famous place out on the west side of town, right there at the head of the Natchez Trace. So um, the Natchez Trace runs all the way from Nashville to Natchez. Yes, I, we drove that home from the New Orleans SBC. We I drove, drove it last fire. fall, I think, whenever I went to uh, my parents. Yep. Drove the whole thing with my boys. Had a blast. Yep. I, I've always wanted to do that and finally did it. So, Yep, we left New Orleans, went to Natchez, and did the whole thing. Dropped out at the Loveless Cafe. But best breakfast in the city. Okay, well, there you have it. Uh, best breakfast in the city. Another one is Hattie B's, uh, which is hot chicken. I know there's three or four different hot chicken places. Amy is not a fan of hot chicken. Don't like hot um, chicken. I, I don't know why. Prince's. Prince's is the other one I love. Prince's Hot Chicken is the other one. I haven't been to Prince's. I've been to Hattie B's. Love Hattie B's. It's over there. We talked about Nashville and JJ's Market. It's right right next door to those two. Um, so you can you can get like breakfast, lunch, and coffee all in the same area without moving more than a block and a half away. And Chewy's is right there too. So yes. um, you could do all your eating for a day right there if you're staying around in the Midtown area. But, yes. Um, so a neat place there. And uh, one of the other one was Arnold's and the Hermitage Cafe. Oh, yeah. Meet and three kind of stuff. Yeah. So meet and threes. Uh, those are uh, a couple of places that we missed off. Did you have another one that you wanted to add? I, I did. There were two that I left out. I love Oscar's Tacos. And oh, yes. Right. Uh, actually, that's a good walking distance from the uh, yeah, there's from Bridgestone, great, two or three blocks great. away, right there on Church and I think 6th. Yeah, great. Easy downtown location. They have some locations in other places around the city, but I love Oscar's Tacos. And last time I was in town, I went to the flip side over in 12 South. Have not been there. And it is a, it's neat. It's also family style, kind of sitting down, at least sharing tables space. Uh, But they basically have this one fried chicken cutlet recipe, and then they put lots of different toppings on it. So you get to choose different combinations. It's fantastic. Love it. Okay. I, I've never yeah. heard of that, so I hadn't even yeah. heard of the place. Over there near Burger Up. Okay. Very good. On 12, right. uh, 12 South area. I have to check that out. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, that is all for our extended SEND North America preview. We're looking forward to everything that's going to happen at SEND Conference and the ERLC Gospel and Politics Conference afterwards. Amy, our resources of the week this week. Mine is Unleashed by Eric Mason. A uh, new book out by E. Mace. He's a pastor up in Philadelphia. Beat God to the Punch and Manhood Restored are his other two books. This is his third book from Eric uh, from B&H. Fantastic guy, good author, uh, and uh, just some a really good message in this book on Unleashed, on being conformed to the image of Christ. So Eric Mason, Unleashed. That sounds really good, Jonathan. My resource of the week is a new study of Hebrews that has just come out by Matt Caps. It's part of a almost like a commentary series, but it's basically twelve week studies of these uh, books of the Bible. Um, J.I. Packer's the general editor, and so Matt Caps has written the one on Hebrews. He's a, a Southeastern alum, also just recently yeah. was at Lifeway, mm-hmm. um, and now is pastoring in the area here in Apex, North Carolina, not too far from us. And so that's a, a book published by Crossway. And a really nice opportunity to kind of walk through a book over 12 weeks. Really great uh, chance to sort of explore that in an accessible way. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, we, we were sad to have Matt leave. He lived in our neighborhood here in Nashville. So uh, his wife, Laura, and my wife, Beth, were good friends. And uh, we hate that they left, but uh, he had just a great opportunity to go and pastor a church. Hey, he has a pastor's heart. So always wanted to be back in pastoring. And he did a great job with the Gospel Project while he was here. Yeah, we're excited to have him uh, back in the triangle. 
Well, thank you, listeners, for joining us this week. We hope to see you at Send. If you see us there, uh, say hello. Uh, tweet us and let us know uh, that you're there. We'd love to say hey. Love to meet you in person. Amy, we'll, I'll see you next week. We'll be in person recording again, second time. Yeah, we'll get to so. recap. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot to talk about. So. There will be. All right, so Amy, we'll see you next week. Talk to you later. Bye.